0: And welcome to a new episode of PR 360. And I'm your host, Brett Deister. And if you could, please subscribe to PR 360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And this week, we have Chris Dickey on the show. And he's a veteran marketer that has founded the PR agency Purple Orange Brand Communication. That is specific to the lifestyle branding. So we got a little lifestyle going on with us this week. And he's had over 15 years working for dozens of national brands. So welcome to the show, Chris.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me, Brett.
0: And first question I ask all my guests is, are you a coffee or tea drinker?
1: Oh man, I, without question coffee, I'm the guy who has a gram scale at home and measures out my coffee beans every single morning.
0: Mm. So you're the pour over guy is what I'm hearing.
1: Pour over guy. Yeah. (laughs) Have one at home and at the office.
0: Mm, I only do it on the weekends because it does take a little while to do that.
1: Yeah, but it makes such a good cup of coffee.
0: Oh, agreed. I've turned people over to black coffee just by doing cold brew.
1: (laughs) Awesome. So I take it your coffee as well.
0: Yes, I'm a huge coffee fan. Anyways, moving on to the lifestyle brands and What has been going on for 2020, which seems to be 2020 is like the foster child of like what years we don't want to have anymore and how that has changed the landscape of lifestyle brands. How did the messaging pivot when all this hit all of a sudden?
1: I don't even remember what was happening before March. I mean, I'm sure that there were problems in the world and we had like little mini dramas and crises, but Gosh, the world changed in March, and it's going to be changed for a while. What we found initially is we were a smaller player. We're a small shop. We have five people. We've been doing Purple Orange for 11 years now, so we have been around for a while. However, we've always been the lifestyle market. Is It's not necessarily like we're not a commodity. We're a luxury. And so I would say our pivot was all around how do we provide utility and comfort for customers during a time of really significant uncertainty and frankly, despair for a lot of people. I think March and April felt very uncomfortable and just without precedent within our society and memory. And people wanted to figure out, it all became about, I think, personal health and wellness during that time. And we were really battling with how do we maintain sanity in a closed environment? How do we maintain our income when everything seems to be shutting down. And we're also concerned about loved ones and everything else in the world. So it really did become about comfort and utility. And I think the big thing that we had to be careful of as a lifestyle industry was being tone deaf with our communications and just recognizing that people are going through a hard time and that Maybe our widget wasn't what they needed right now, but maybe there was another way to frame the conversation or provide some kind of comfort during that time.
0: And so with that, I mean, lifestyle basically is a wide breadth of different types of industries. I mean, it could be about health. It could be about wellness. It could be about gym lifestyle and all of that. Did you pivot more to like educating on how to work out or stay healthy during... The lockdown, or similar to that, did you have to pivot towards that and making sure customers were given information on how to be well?
1: Yeah. So, I guess to clarify, our agency more specifically focuses on active lifestyle and the health and wellness consumer brands. We're with a handful of nonprofits, but we work with a lot of companies that you get outside with and you play with their products. So I actually live in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It makes sense for a lot of our clients that we're based here because Jackson Hole's a a big outdoor playground with the Teton Mountains and all sorts of stuff in our backyard, So we work with like ski brands, and we work with a bunch of outerwear companies, basically stuff that you might find at REI. And so given that frame of reference, what we really saw with our clients was there's two types of buying habits in the last couple months, or at least April through May. And I would say the first customer that we saw was somebody who wanted to be better prepared and realized that this pandemic was changing life, and they maybe couldn't rely on food systems like they used to and they were kind of concerned about just everything relying on all these third parties and they wanted to be more self-sufficient and so there was a certain preparedness that it was a definitely a utility to go buy outdoor gear at a time when they weren't sure if they were going to be able to get electricity. And that that never happened. But we did see that kind of rise in like home solar systems and things like that that were typically used in camping or being used in the homes. And then I think the second one that was bigger and still very relevant right now is people self-rewarding and, and focusing on their personal health and wellness. And so what I mean by that is that everyone was kind of going through a tough time and we were stuck at home and it doesn't mean that your bank account is rapidly diminishing and for some people certainly that was the case but I think for a lot of people who were previous customers in that kind of health and wellness category they splurged and they would buy themselves something that was comforting or they felt like they had earned through this hardship.
0: Mm Hmm, And I mean, was there kind of a pivoting message for lifestyle brands to be more centered around the communities that were based around these types of lifestyles through Facebook groups or whatever, or next door, whatever that was, was there more push for that messaging instead of our products are awesome or our products will help you change your lifestyle?
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All of our clients wanted to connect with their customers in a meaningful way, and they realized that they had already laid out this plan for 2020. And about half of it was going to go to waste. Basically, events, any kind of in-person activations, in-store activations, that stuff isn't going to happen this year. So how do you keep your customer engaged, even if you're not selling to them? And that became fostering community digitally. And and I think, I think that all industries really focused on this pretty heavily. I, I can give you a couple examples about how we did it we work with one particular brand that focuses on it's like a national leader in in a running accessories so they make a lot of water bottles and run safety and visibility and lighting and things that runners would carry with them and we worked with group to sign runners up to basically log their miles on a daily basis and then run technically around the world collectively (laughs) so you can sign up a team of people. Everyone will go in and log how many miles they'd run that week or that day. And they could, you know, put it underneath their team. And then there was kind of a team tally. And then there was kind of a group tally. And then everybody who participated in this particular thing was online. You could see the progress as this group was trying to run around the world. So it was just a little way to foster connection and in a community that wouldn't be doing it together and maybe there wouldn't have been as much interest in an activation like that if uh, you know, without the pandemic, but it ended up happening pretty quick. I think, I, I think we reached around the world mileage in the course of a month, which is pretty awesome. We also looked at how our industries that we are participating in were affected negatively by the virus. And we were, we wanted to kind of share numbers on that and help people understand you know, the breadth of this impact. And so what I mean by that is that one of our clients is like a booking service for outdoor guides. They're like, it's an app and it's also an online website and you can go to the website. It's kind of like a travel agent, but instead of booking you on a cruise, they book you on an adventure with a guide and you can decide where you want to go or what kind of activity you want to do. And it's an outdoor adventure with like more or less one-on-one, but you could do it with a group too. And as you can imagine, the guiding industry, especially the outdoor guiding industry, has been hit really hard by COVID because there's really no way to socially distance when you're tied to a rope with somebody. And so we did a big survey, a national and actually global survey of, of professional guides, mostly in the rock climbing and mountaineering in, in a ski space. And just to kind of see like what their outlook was and their opinion on how COVID was affecting their industry. And then we turned that into a survey and we turned that into content. And then we got that content out there and I think it brought a lot of attention to this industry that was pretty underrepresented in the mainstream media the the guiding industry something that people I don't know about guides is that they're all independent contractors too they might be part of a guide service but most guide services just employ them as contractors they're not employees they're not on payroll they work trip to trip And they just get a cut of whatever the client's being, essentially, and the agency sets it up, manages the rest of it. So these guys had no safety net. It was just ended up being a great content play that supported the community, brought attention to what they were doing, and I think was a relevant way to participate in the conversation.
0: Mm, That's interesting. So what were some of the biggest hurdles for the last four months? Because, I mean, you've shared a little bit, but what has been the biggest thing that You wish you knew prior to going into this, like we all do, but you're just like, well, I just got to do what I got to do and pivot. What were those biggest hurdles?
1: There's a couple things. I think one of the hardest things was how do we, we wanted to keep our clients looked at us and they said, you know, we really rely on you guys to keep our marketing going and keep our sales strong. And we're really worried about our sales right now because we just, we just lost all of our brick and mortar overnight. So how do we rely on you guys to keep our sales strong? And that puts pressure on us to pitch stories that maybe aren't related to the quarantine. And it also put pressure on us not only to represent our clients well and and do good by them, but to not be tone deaf to everything that's going on around us. So I think we have this pressure to support our clients. We really wanted to do that to the best of our ability. But at the same time, we didn't want to be tone deaf saying, hey, like, maybe people don't want to buy a bunch of stuff right now. <laughs> so I think coming up with those messages and those nuanced ways of like getting brands into conversations and getting brands covered in the media in a way that wasn't off-putting was really challenging. The other things I think were challenging was a lot of our media partners were put on furlough. There was a lot of withdrawal from the media landscape itself. So there just weren't as many opportunities and the opportunities that were coming up within the media landscape were heavily weighted toward covering the pandemic itself. So anyways, it just just quickly changed. The content of the conversation quickly changed to hard news. Before, where we were focusing on a lot of affiliate-related media hits, now that just wasn't really what was selling anymore. And I think lastly, if you want to talk about a big hurdle for any agency owner is just the stability of our own agency and knowing where our income is going to come from. And of course, we, we did receive a PPP loan. That was very helpful. And it did provide a lot of stability for us up front. But we don't know what that landscape looks like past that loan and whether those clients are going to come back. And now nationally, it looks like that COVID is making a little bit of a second wave or a rise or whatever you want to call it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's troubling. I think it's, I think that stability and trying to figure out what the buying cycles are to look like over the next 12 months is something that anyone's guess.
0: Hmm. And for the health and wellness brands or the lifestyle brands, How has live streaming changed the industry? Because it looks like some of the brands actually really focused or pivoted just on live streaming just to keep at least their own message or bring out their own message if the media wasn't doing it. Did you utilize that at all?
1: We have, yeah. So going back to that client that is a booking service for guides, obviously they just got all the wind taken out of their sails you know, for their summer season here, because that's just not what people are booking right now. They're not booking trips one-on-one with people. They're booking trips camping, or they're going off on their own. They're definitely not doing a guiding experiences. So we wanted to pivot on how do we, again, beyond telling that story about the guiding industry, what's another good way to kind of engage people? And so we started a webinar series where we elevated the stories of the guide. it just made it storytelling. It wasn't about COVID. It wasn't about trying to sell them anything. We just said, we're going to allow any guide that is registered through this client's website, called 57 hourscom Any guide can volunteer to put together basically a slideshow of their most epic trips. And these guys, if you can imagine, world-renowned mountain guides they have some epic trips. So, um, just incredible photography. These guys are insane athletes, guys and gals. I think the very first one was about a guy who chartered a sailboat in Greenland or Iceland and took people out to these remote mountain fjords and went skiing. And you can imagine the photos of a sailboat parked in a snow-capped, mountain fjord with people skiing in the foregrounds were just insane and so we kicked it off with that one and then we've done several sends and they've all been maxed out and they've gotten a lot of really good play so yeah the streaming thing i think the connection through digital mediums has been really powerful
0: mhm and even though we are somewhat reopening but may not but whatever it is what are some of your initiatives or calm goals for reopening either the stores or kind of reopening lifestyle to be a little bit more outdoors and with people or one-on-one how how have you gone about that
1: yeah i'd be cautious to call it reopening i think that what we're doing is we're adjusting to the new normal and i think that some people are reopening but there's really not a lot of foot traffic right now, at least from what we're hearing from our clients. So it continues to be how do you meaningfully connect with people who want meaningful connection, right? Everybody wants it. Everyone's feeling very isolated right now. So how do you facilitate that connection in a way that's safe and trustworthy and authentic? And for us, it is about focusing on I think, personal wellness, respecting space, and respecting people's decisions. I think a lot of people have different decisions about how they choose to live their lives right now. There's, I don't want to get into it, but you know, it's like, do you wear a face mask or not? Well, that's a personal decision that you make every time you walk outside your house. So I, I think along those lines, we feel uniquely lucky that I got to work in the industry that is all about mental wellness and getting outside and connecting with oneself and, and nature. And none of that has to rely on crowds. Like I think it'd be a very different challenge if we represented some event companies. So getting people to go camping, I think camping is going to be huge this summer. I I've heard that RV sales are way, way up right now. I live in Jacksonville, Wyoming, which is a tourist destination. And I think a lot of tourism that, de- Pretty hurting, but I can tell you that there's a whole lot of people in Jackson. <laughs> and I think that's because Wyoming has a relatively low COVID nineteen infection rate. And I think that people view Wyoming as a place where they can go and escape and be out in nature. So I do think there's some trends around that. I think that it's it's just about encouraging people to be safe and make good decisions for themselves and then facilitating those decisions through whatever our products are offering.
0: Mm-hmm. And how has the lifestyle industry changed or at least the PR agency side? How has it changed since 2020? What do you see is going to be more future trends coming out of from all these types of events?
1: I think a big thing is just being very empathetic with our marketing. I think marketing can easily be like a me, me, me kind of discipline. And I think that the strongest brands in this space have done a really good job with empathetic marketing, and that is... Understanding and responding to the needs of your customer and not just like telling your customer what you want them to know about you. So it's a very responsive form of marketing. And I think that PR can follow suit in how do we tell stories that genuinely deliver value to the reader and aren't just about your client's key messages. And I think that's always incumbent upon a PR agency is to strike that balance and help clients understand how they need to evolve their messaging to be more listener-friendly, if you will. But I think that's even more relevant now is is being empathetic to the community and their needs.
0: So basically, it's going to be like a new thing of empathetic marketing or empathetic messaging is what I'm kind of hearing from you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you can Google it and kind of see lots of different examples there. But I mean, ultimately, empathetic marketing is putting your customer needs recognizing that they're more important than your own and recognizing that you need to adapt to what they want to hear and not necessarily try to tell them what you think they should be hearing. And so it's very much of like a passive kind of listening position and then being very reactive and being very nimble to meet your customers where they, where they are.
0: Mm -hmm. And how do you think, all this stuff with the live streaming, do you think live streaming will be more of an asset for lifestyle brands or just PR in general? Since we've seen a lot of brands do really well in the live streaming space that they haven't really touched before. Do you think there's going to be an explosion of more brands using live stream?
1: I think so. I think brands will use what, whatever customers are willing to to do. I think, frankly, this all starts with the fact that we were forced upon, like, like our agency has been using video streaming for years because we're based in Wyoming and all of our clients are all around the country. So that's a primary mechanism to just connect with our clients on a daily basis. But aside from that, We've done a lot of stuff on Facebook. We've done a lot of stuff. We haven't done a lot of Zoom before. So I think these video streaming platforms like Zoom are becoming more mainstream and people have that software on their computer and it's easier for them to access. I see a big thing that's happening is people doing exercise classes through live streaming and being able to connect with yoga through live streaming, but not just watch a pre-recorded class, but be part of a real live class but doing it in like the safety of your home. So I think there's all sorts of interesting applications for streaming. I think that it will stick to a certain degree, but I think people will be hungry for face-to-face connection whenever that feels like it's ready to be re- resume in full throttle.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. I think we're all a little bit craving going outside and seeing people and not being so worried about everything.
1: Yeah, I think there's something special to the camaraderie of like being in the room with a bunch of people who are working out together. There is kind of a group sense of satisfaction. But there's also people who and my family falls into what falls into this bucket where we're just really busy. And we don't have time to drive to a physical building and walk in there just for an hour. So I think in those circumstances, I think they'll be both. I think that we'll be doing like live streaming of yoga classes with people inside the class, you know? So I think it's just going to broaden and hopefully reach more people that way. And I think that technology will continue to get better with live streaming as well. So it'll make it more accessible to more people.
0: And do you think after all this stuff is over that lifestyle brands will actually have a stronger message of like, look at, we've helped you guys out through the long haul. We wanted to make sure that you were healthy We gave you amazing stories about how awesome people can do stuff, even from their home or looking through live streaming as well. Do you think there's a stronger message for lifestyle brands after all this is calmed down?
1: I guess that remains to be seen. I think they're lucky in the fact that they have better stories to tell by the fact that they are typically enthusiasts by following. People tend to be more passionate about less lifestyle brands because they speak to their passions um, as opposed to something that's very utilitarian, like your pencil or something. I don't know. But my, I guess my point is, is that lifestyle brands have always had a stronger opportunity to connect with their audiences. And I think that for the brands that do a good job being empathetic with their marketing and responding to what their customers need right now, they will certainly forge more emotional relationships with, with those people and they'll create stronger loyalty in the long run.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. And do you think twenty twenty is gonna be a good case study on how to be flexible as a PR or marketing person?
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> I mean I I think it's a good case study on how to be flexible as a as a human being right now, right? <laughs> Everything has to be flexible. Are we all have to be open to change. We all have to be open to doing things in new ways because if we don't, we're just we're not gonna make it.
0: And what is your hope for the PR industry for 2021?
1: Well, you know, I, I coming back to this idea of just being empathetic, I hope we can come out of this as better storytellers. And we've been challenged to evolve how we connect and tell our clients' stories. And we don't forget that because it's easy just to go back to those like, key messages that your client wants to ram down everyone's throats about why their product is better than everyone else's. But ultimately, it is the goal and the job of PR people to take their clients' communications and make them relevant to broader audiences. So I think this has been a very challenging year to make those messages relevant to broader audiences. And Hopefully, we've learned a lot of things along the way, and that will stick with us.
0: Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts for our listeners? I
1: don't think so. I appreciate being on the show. and I think 2020, I mean, we are living through a period of time that's going to be in history books, right? Like This is going to be a major chapter in American and global history. We're not through it yet. We're only a few months into it. So... I think how we respond and how we manage this time in our lives will be looked upon by future generations. They'll be studied and there will be people who succeed and people who don't succeed in the coming months. And I think it's, just, it's important to realize that this is a historic moment. We need to be doing our best as like a human species and just being kind and empathetic to each other and realizing we're all in this together.
0: All right. Thank you, Chris, for being on PR 360.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Brett.
0: And thank you for listening. And as always, please subscribe to PR 360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys. Stay safe, get outside, and see you next week. Later.